Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Patty. Hello. What was that all about? <laughs> I always say, hey, guys, and then I like to switch it up, you know. Okay, well, that definitely took us all by surprise. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> interesting greetings aside, today, Patty and I oh. are going to discuss how we overcame our negative and self-limiting beliefs about money. We're going to talk about money and spirituality. This is a topic that I know pretty much everybody thinks about, but I don't see a lot of people talking about it very bluntly and honestly. And in this episode, me me and Patty are going to share with you, um, again, how we overcame our negative beliefs about money, which we had a plenty of, mm-hmm. and then also how our perception and also relationship has changed dramatically with money and abundance since going through this spiritual transformation that we've been going through for quite some time here. Okay, so both Patty and I kind of came out of the gates with a slew of negative, self-limiting, just just not not authentic. Uh, beliefs about money, meaning beliefs, just conditioned beliefs about money that had a very negative impact on our, how much money we had in our, in our degree of abundance. Mm -hmm. And we, we had a lot of struggles that were directly due to those in a sense, previously unexamined negative beliefs. Mm. So you had kind of a a unique upbringing, love. You want to share some of your negative beliefs with the crowd? Um, okay. So I grew up, um, we're, my family was like middle class, but we were like maybe upper middle class. If I had to like put a label on like the status, financial yeah. status, I she's guess. She's usually a bit timid to share about that. She, her, she comes from quite a, quite a bit of money, I would say. Her well, dad is no, I mean, comparatively to like a lot of the people that we're around right now, there's, you know, we, my, my dad, you know, my parents always had nice cars. We had nice things. Um, but as far as like, we weren't, my dad wasn't driving a Maserati or anything like that, right, you know, right. but like <clears throat> we always had the things that we needed and wanted and they were nice things. So, um, so one of the beliefs that I had, um, came from my mom and I remember specifically, um, being like very young and we would go, um, to church every Sunday cause you know, that's what our family did. And, um, after church, we'd go to the, the golf club that my dad or the country club that my dad played golf at and we'd have brunch. And I always noticed how my mom's body language would change when she would go to the country club. And she would always be like really on me to be proper and like, don't burp, don't do this, put your napkin on your lap and you have to look nice and do da da da. And like, that's not me. I'm just like, I'm very, I was very much like a, I'm going to be what I am kind of kid. So, um, the, the biggest long story short, the biggest, um, most ingrained belief that I had was that, um, rich people are very snobby. Yes. Well, rich people (laughs) are snobby and like they have to have a certain energy behind them that I just didn't get it. I didn't get it. I didn't like it. I couldn't stand how my mom was when we would, when that side of her would come out. And, um, so I always thought like everybody that has money must be not very nice and must be really snobby. And like, I just, 
yeah, that was one of them. Um, the other one was that my dad, um, worked a lot, like a lot, a lot. He traveled a lot for work and he'd be gone for weeks at a time sometimes. And, um, he, he owned his own business. So another belief I had was that if you wanted to have a lot of money, you had to work like a dog and, and you couldn't, you know, really participate in your family life because you had to work. And that was like, your life was your work if you wanted to have money. So those are like the two main beliefs. I'm sure there's others that'll probably come out that, but those were like the big ones. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. It's interesting having known Patty and kind of where she had come from it. I always found it kind of refreshing that she really is someone who does not care. She's not superficial at all. She doesn't buy like the expensive purses and I don't, uh, well, I, I like those things, but I don't understand, like, I'd rather have like five nice purses than like one, like $2,000 purse or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I always want, I was like, I'd rather have more of something I like than just one thing of something I like, you know? But yeah, I I was just saying it's kind of, it was kind of nice to see that you weren't, even though you kind of came from that, you weren't you weren't at all like you were very like down to earth and really just did not genuinely did not care about money status at all. Like you really just didn't care. I think some of that also comes from like when I grew up, like when I lived on the farm growing up. Yeah. You did come, you know, so I, we moved, we had like a a house and my, my upbringing was a little bit, um, non, uh, traditional in a sense, but, um, and I won't get into that, but we moved and we lived on a farm. And so we, I was around a lot of people that a lot of different people all the time and like money was not important. It wasn't talked about really. It was all, we were just like hanging out with the horses and stuff. So I think that's, that's kind of what saved me from being like a spoiled brat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was, it was quite a bit different. I grew up not like uh, like poor by any means, but in the neighborhood we lived in was like middle class, you could say. But my parents really struggled to like to to be there. They, I, I could I knew they made a lot less money than all the neighbors, and it bothered them. Um, and so in that kind of environment, and so the way my parents were about money, they were always very very worried, always always constantly worrying about money and stressing about money, and in a sense, kind of spending beyond their means. Oftentimes, where they're always just in a constant state of, at any moment we could go under, kind of. So I have pretty much almost always, as long as I can remember, had that association with like money is something everyone just worries about and stresses about. And it's like, it's caused me so much stress over, over the years. And it really, it's damaging in many ways. For one, like now that we are more abundant than ever before, I, I still have to work on allowing myself to relax, which I can, but I, but there's a part of me that always wants to be stressed, but even more so earlier on the way it impacted me mm. is it caused me to proceed, uh, you know, whenever I was trying to start a business or even have a job or just, you know, try to just have enough money to do the things I want. I always would proceed from a place of like desperation and stress rather than trust and like being in the flow like that those those sort of you know states of being are very conducive to being in the flow of abundance Mm -hmm. but i i was almost it was almost impossible for me to operate from a sense of trust and faith 
even when things again started going well for me, I was always very much on edge, always uh, constantly sabotaging myself because of this fear and worry energy. Um, so it was a huge, it caused me a, a lot of problems. Yeah. Also, I had a lot of guilt wanting money, a lot of guilt and like low sense of like self-worth, especially when I was in sales, when I was a personal trainer, I would have to sign clients up and in a sense, take them through a sales process. Same with when I was doing online coaching and now what I do now online digital marketing and so forth. There's sales involved, but I always sucked at it because I always felt very guilty about it. Mm -hmm. Even though I knew what I was selling is extremely helpful and valuable and I would do my absolute best to help the people who would sign up or whatever, it was always extremely difficult for me to sell because I felt a sense of a guilt, which came from unexamined negative connotations about money. Similar to what you said, if mm -hmm. I have money, I'm a bad person. If I have a lot of money, I must be greedy. If mm -hmm. I have a lot of money, I must not be, be very spiritual. I must be superficial. I must be selfish. All these sort of unexamined things uh, kind of came up to light for me as I was building my business and trying to make more money and trying to acquire more abundance for myself and my family. A life, in a sense, would manifest for me in a way that would reveal these beliefs to me by showing me how they're affecting my thinking and affecting my decisions and affecting my my outcomes. So it was a lot. I had a lot to work with, <laughs> a lot to deal with, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So we both did. Mm -hmm. But this is not all doom and gloom. We were able to overcome pretty much all of those that I stated anyway. Mm -hmm. Our negative connotations about money, our negative beliefs, our, our self-sabotaging sort of ways, or you, you know, maybe, um, you know, pushing it away in your own way, not wanting to be snobby or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we were able to overcome all those. So you want to share with them, like what, what are some of the things you did to help you release those beliefs? Well, one of the things that really helped me was like meeting people that had money that were actually very down to earth people and not, um, at all what I, ex you know, what the stereotype that I made up in my mind of what people with money were like. And, um, that was like the biggest thing. That's a huge thing. Yeah. That was, uh, that's when I started to have kind of a breakthrough with this is when I was, when I was running my gym and when I was learning how to sign people up and, and do sales kind of for the first time, I had this guy I would follow, uh, like a business mentor. His name was Bedros Koulian. And he would always say, because he, he was a, he was a guy that helped gym owners grow their business. And he knew a lot of it came down to sales. So he was very good at sort of helping people and coaching people with that. And one of the things he would say is that, listen, listen, ma'am, you have people right now crying themselves to sleep every night because they don't have what you're offering. So it's your obligation, your duty to sell them on a new life, on a, on a healthier body, on a healthier self-esteem and, and better, you know, better existence essentially. Mm -hmm. So why would you be so timid to, to do that, to pursue that dollar, to pursue that sale? It's not bad. It's an even exchange of value. So anyway, my point is seeing him and his attitude towards money and he was very abundant and just how he was a good guy. He was a good family man. Mm -hmm. he, had, he has a family, he's got kids, wife, and he, he helped a lot of people. You know, he helped thousands of gym owners help perhaps hundreds of members each and he was making a real big impact on the world mm -hmm. and he had a lot of money so that was like my first introduction to that also 
at one of, one of my clients turned out to be an extremely wealthy guy. His name is Rob. He was actually one of my good friends now. I mm-hmm. trained him for, for many years. And he was one of the wealthiest people I ever met. And he was extremely um, very humble and down to earth and a good a good father, a good husband. And so like you, I started to kind of meet other people that um, showed me different ways of being. Mm-hmm. But again, my main my main block was not so much as I stated thinking people who have money are bad. It was like it was all like thinking that in order to have enough money to be happy, you have to be stressed all the mm-hmm. time. And I was right. able to find other people who, you know, showed me that that's not necessarily the case. Right. Yeah. Let's see anything else, love? Um well, you had talked about, um, what did you say? So, yeah, one thing, I, yeah. There's, I have a few things written down <laughs> <Thank> here. <you. laughs> a lot of times, my friends, when, when you're ready, where it's relevant, when it's relevant for you to release a self-limiting belief about money or anything, really, life will have a way of showing you. It'll kind of, it'll kind of uh, show you how that belief is affecting your life in a way that's obvious enough to where then you can have something to work with. Has it ever happened to you? Uh, yeah, many like times. What? I can't think of an example off the top of my head. Maybe you can. Um, so. Oh, I have a good example okay. one time. This happened not too long ago, like maybe a year ago, when I was kind of working through a certain belief um, about like not being good enough, not people not liking me enough, not being worthy of charging money for anything. And it manifested in a way where I launched this retreat that we never ended up doing. It was a combo retreat. And oh, yeah. I was so like, like happy about this retreat. It was an inspired idea. And I was so shocked at how little people wanted to sign up. And it, it, it threw me for a loop. I was depressed. Yeah. I thought, oh my God, I knew it. I do suck. People don't like me. Why would anybody want to come to my retreat? Um, but, but what I came to find out was I launched the retreat was going to take place during Thanksgiving. No, Easter. Or Easter. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I, I, in my opinion, that belief caused me to do that mm-hmm. because it was almost like when you have a belief about something, life will reflect that to you. Yeah. And we do great with our retreats, but because that belief was so strong, even with, you know, the evidence being so obvious that we have the ability to, to book them out or whatever, I, it's still, I created the situation where See, you do suck. See, you are unworthy, etc. So mm-hmm. that was an opportunity for me to say, well, why did that happen? Right. Yeah. I I, I think too, um, just because we're talking about retreats, um, what really I f- like helped me with my women's retreat was that I didn't have any beliefs associated with um, how it has to uh, sell out or when it has to sell out. I just was like, if, if it's meant to be, it will be. And it sold out like right away almost, you know, in a couple of weeks. And you were like, well, you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this. And I said, I'm not doing any of that. It's going to all work out. And if it doesn't, then we'll cancel the women's retreat and we'll do a co-ed retreat with you and it'll be fine. And that'll be a learning lesson to me that maybe next time I need to listen to you. She teaches me every day. (laughs) (laughs) But then um, 
when it sold out, I was like, I just had a sense of knowing that it was just going to work out. And that's whenever releasing beliefs, it's like, you want to act as if, you know, that you're already that person, that you already have the other belief. And then things will kind of come in for those beliefs to be released. Yeah. You know, but I kept telling you, like, I don't want to hear any of that because I didn't want to start believing that I needed to do any of that. Remember, I kept telling you, like, nope, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. You know, and I agree. And that's what happened with me. Like for going back to the personal training, I, I was terrified to sit down with people and try to sell them and Mm -hmm. sign them up. Um, and I knew I had all these different beliefs kind of affecting my sales performance, but I would just do it anyway. Yeah. And, and and you know what? I sucked at first, but eventually people would sign up. I'd get lucky and I would see, wow, (laughs) these people have signed up They're They're paying me money. They're happy to be here. I didn't, I didn't like manipulate them they want to be here Mm -hmm. and then they would see results i'd help them lose weight and change their health and lower their cholesterol and i was and it was able to kind of rewire me by by, like you said kind of acting as if Mm -hmm. and then lastly one sort of thing i wanted to share that really helped me in general in regards to money and spirituality is something i saw on youtube a while back that actually at the time they weren't my friends but now they're friends of mine her name is uh, melanie beckler and her husband miles beckler they have youtube channels and they're they're kind of, they kind of do what I do. And they had this whole video about money and spirituality. And, and Melanie was talking about how so many spiritual people, quote unquote, you know, for lack of mm-hmm. a better term, um, have real issues with money. They feel very guilty charging for their Reiki services, mm-hmm. or their coaching, or their healing, or their tarot reading, whatever. Any sort of spiritual service, a lot of these really talented spiritual people are very... They're not doing well financially there, but it's because they, they feel bad just like I did. Mm-hmm. They don't want to charge. They don't think it's right. And anyway, she brought up the point. She said, you know, thousands of years ago, the, the, the spiritual teacher, the shaman in the tribe was supported by the tribe. The tribe fed them. The tribe made sure they had a little hut or whatever and, and gave them clothes and made, made sure all their needs were met. And so it didn't make sense back then to charge and become unnecessarily sort of you know, financially bloated amongst the tribe as the shaman. So, but it, times are different now mm-hmm. because it's just times are different. Like if we didn't charge money, for example, for our retreats or something and, and did all this work, we would not be able to do them quite frankly, right? because people won't donate enough money to us to feed our children and right. to, to support our house payment. It's just pretty much it just it doesn't work it's not like that right we live anymore. in a in a world that we need money yes to and now more so than ever the mm-hmm. way everything's going right um but so it, it's if, if people like me are, are to be on youtube and people like us are to do retreats and not even just us people who are helping people spiritually yeah if that is to be a legitimate thing for available to people there needs to be a financial reciprocation because otherwise we would all have to have other jobs and mm-hmm. we wouldn't we wouldn't have the time the energy uh, to, to do the things we do. Right. You know, what I do is a full-time job. Yeah. I would not be doing what I'm doing, not even close, if I had to go to like a 50-hour-a-week job. job that I didn't like and drain my energy. You just wouldn't see Victor on YouTube. Yeah. So that's a, that, that was very helpful to me, a, a good point to kind of let me know. It's, it's okay to do what you're doing, Vic. Right. And I also think it's, it's, it's okay to want things like it's okay to want to be financially like secure you know that definition has a different uh look to it for every person yes being financially abundant that's different for everyone 
you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be driving like luxury vehicles or anything to, to some people. Sometimes it just means you just want to be comfortable and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with wanting that though, if that's something that you want, you know, and you can strive for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Everyone, I think it's important for everyone to be just honest <clears throat> about their wants. Yeah. Like I know people who really do love expensive, like fast cars. Right. And they have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and some people would say, well, that's not very spiritual. That's a, not good for the environment or whatever. But it's like, that's their genuine passion. That's what they love. And that's okay for them to right. work hard to achieve that. For us, it's not like that. Well, I don't care about those kind of things. You yeah. know, I, I, my idea of abundance is freedom. Mm-hmm. Most people who know me know, I don't care about money. I don't care about how much we, whatever the number is to give me the type of lifestyle I long for is what I want to make. Yeah. You know, it really comes down to that. Abundance for me is what I did earlier, which is I woke up, I, uh, did something I enjoyed doing, which is I sent an email to my, my newsletter list. I hung out with the kids for a little while and then I did my yoga and breath work. And then I went to the Red Rocks and shot some videos. And then I met you at the gym Mm -hmm. and here we are. Like that's, that's abundant. That's freedom to me is being able to do that because that's what I want to do. That's what I like to do. Right. You know, and when you're providing a service for someone like you, you know, you deserve to be compensated for that, whether it's Reiki or whether it's a coaching session, whether it's personal training or doing hair, you know, you would never dream of going to like a barber for a haircut and just being like, okay, thanks. Bye. And not paying them for it or even tipping them. And my goodness, imagine like I've coached many Reiki practitioners Mm -hmm. and just my own sort of common sense. I, I know how much that service drains them. Mm. It takes up there. I knew this one awesome woman, Mary Alice, what up if you're listening? Um, she mm-hmm. would do like hour and a half, two hour sessions. And she would tell me she could only do like two or three a day max because she was just exhausted afterwards. Mm-hmm. So who, who, how fair would it be for Mary Alice to do that for free? Right. And, and mine, meanwhile, not even considering that she wouldn't have income to support herself financially. Yeah. It's just like, that's a lot of energetic exchange. That's a lot of value to be given mm-hmm. to, and to not expect to be reciprocated. That's like... That's a very unbalanced energetic equation. It doesn't make any sense. Right, yeah. Anyways, was there something else we wanted to share about that? I don't know. Did you write something down? Normally, we write more things down, but we we didn't do that this time. Yeah, okay. So one more thing we'll share is just some general tips for other people. If, if you're going through any of the things that we were going through, where you're, where life is showing you, where you're kind of blocking yourself, where you could be more free, you could be more abundant, um, but you but you may have some beliefs about money or abundance that, that are like sabotaging you, which again, we have plenty of experience with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so my main tip for you is to, this kind of comes from my entrepreneurial side, but I really believe it holds merit, is to find out, to not focus on, I need money. Not focus on, I need to get out of the situation or, oh my God, I can't believe how like strapped I am right now. It's like, those are all, that's all kind of negative energy in a way. Focus on how to deliver value to a lot of people in a way that's fun. It really comes, like if you can find a way to help other people in a very real way, like a very like noticeable way, then you will be paid for it. But that can be a lot of work. So find a way that you enjoy. Like I help a lot of people doing this, the podcast, doing YouTube videos, retreats. That's a lot of work, a mm-hmm. lot of energy. Yeah. Um, but it really does help people. Yeah. And I see it every day. And and that's uh, that's my thing. 
they, we we all have a thing. Yes. You had you're on the shaman the shaman path, right? Yeah. And you're already doing these crazy healings with just not even plant medicines, really. <laughs> right. Um, and you find a way. Wow, people can come sit in front of you. You serve them raw pay, and you do your little thing, which I don't even can't even begin to understand. I can't even re- begin to even describe and it either. It like they walk away in tears. They walk away like, holy crap, that was amazing. Thank you, Patty. Mm-hmm. So that's and and you love it. Yeah. You absolutely love doing the yeah. whole thing. When you find something that really like makes your heart sing and you're helping other people and you're making yourself feel better and you're making other people feel better, all that is going to just bring positive energy into your life. So I agree with that. When you find like what your thing is and then you start working with that and you're helping people, that's that's like the quickest way to start really that's when we really actively started doing that when it was like you when you started with the coaching and helping people with the coaching that was really when we started to see a shift in our like finances was absolutely really when you started giving back to other people through your passion yes you yes. Know? and it can take time to do that because in the beginning we followed our quote unquote followed our passion and it wasn't like immediate mm-hmm. it takes time that you know but the more you follow your passion, for one, the more you grow, the more you attract all the things you need to transcend the negative beliefs anyways, right. but the better you get at your craft. Mm-hmm. And then the more people recognize that, wow, this dude's good at what he's doing. Yeah. Um, you please do this for me, Mr. So-and-so? And just you start to really shine yeah. and become really just excellent at what you do. And I feel like the only way to really do that, to develop that level of mastery is to do it with something you actually enjoy mm-hmm. because like to get good at what I do now with the YouTube, it was very hard. A lot of hard work, a lot of like pain in the ass things I had to go through, but I just liked it so much. It just, it was enough to push me through the, the inevitable ups and downs and the challenges. Right. And with anything, whenever you're learning anything, there's always going to be that kind of challenging end to it, you know? And, but when you're doing what you love, there's, it's not, it doesn't seem like work. It's just a challenge, you know, it's like, like doing my diets and like, you know, reading all the books that I read and things like that. That's challenging, but I enjoy that challenge, you know, and same with you with the learning all this stuff with YouTube. It's, it's, it doesn't feel like work and it's so in turn, it makes it not hard. Yes. And then a little final thought for you, something I've been realizing as of recently, as of the past few months has been a big theme in my life as I can look back now at my whole life and realize I have been abundant all along and I'm not I don't mean that like I, what I mean by that is uh I, I like what this guy Bashar I'm a big Bashar nerd he says uh you always have what you need when you need it but not before yep or you always something like that you always have what you need when you need it and I can look back my life is I, I've always had what I needed. And mm-hmm. even like all the things I genuinely wanted, I was able to have. And I mean genuinely wanted, not like, oh, it'd be cool to have a Ferrari and a private jet. Those aren't things I actually care about. Right. The things that were genuinely important to me. Like, for example, a long time ago when we wanted to move out to San Diego, that was a genuine desire. Right. And it involved money. And it was like I wanted it. And I, the universe sort of made away, albeit in a little teeny SRV, yes, but it that's something I wanted. But it was all and we it needed. Happened. 
that yes. the little tiny RV was all we needed. And at the time, you it know? was exciting to us. Yeah. It was like we were happy at that time to be in the RV. Mm-hmm. It was a very fun and exciting time for us. Um, and now that I've gotten to a point where I have a lot more abundance than I thought I would ever have, honestly, more than I need. Um, and I temporarily, I was kind of taken aback by it and, and sort of just buy a bunch of stuff because I could. So I, I filled my wardrobe with a bunch of clothes and all these cool shirts and all this stuff. And I was going, we were going out to like expensive dinners all the time, sort of. Well, being, we, we had a, a, a moment. Me and Aaron were not yes, so much you, you and Aaron. Just kind of going nuts. And anyway, I realized that now that I have more abundance, it doesn't necessarily, more does not equal happier. In fact, too much of something is a bad thing. Yeah. And I realized all these clothes in my wardrobe, now I always have to figure out what I want to wear. <laughs> Whereas like a year ago, it was black or white t-shirt, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, I, and it really helped me. Like, it was so, it was, I've been really going through this big transformation with, with abundance. And I've really been stepping back and, and truly realizing what people have said all along that it, it really is about just being happy and being in the moment. And when you can be happy and be in the moment, you really don't need a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of stuff we have, we don't need, and it just doesn't make me any happier. It mm-hmm. really doesn't. I was just as happy, in a sense, in that little RV as I am today, being able to kind of do the things we now can do. It really yeah. has not changed my level of peace, my level of happiness, the amount of passion I feel. And fundamentally, it's the same as it always has been. It really is. And I, I mean that. So I know, I know a lot of people who are working hard. And I see this in Forrest, our assistant. He wants to, he wants to like be a little bit more abundant. He wants like the freedom. He wants the, the soulmate. And I try to tell him, like, bro, you need to just try to be happy with where you're at now. Because I promise you, when you get all that stuff, and you will, you're not going to be any happier because of the stuff. Anyway, I could keep going. Yeah. Well, I mean... I do think it's okay to want things. And I think it's important to like be clear about the things that you want uh, and, but not focus on the fact that you don't have that yet, you know, focus more on like what you said, being happy in the moment and, and working towards your goals. Right. No. And I totally, I agree with what yeah. you're saying. I'm just saying for me personally, having acquired a lot of the things I wanted, I'm realizing now that it's not as nearly as important as I had made it out to be. Yeah. Like, uh, real quick, for example, a lot of you know, a little tangent here, I had this whole body rash <laughs> almost all summer, which Patty knows about. It made me miserable. Oh, God. And I finally got it all cleared up. But anyway, I thought it was a heat rash. So I was like not going outside, not going in my sauna, not working out very hard. Complaining all, about it all the time. Very rarely. I was very present the whole time. Um, <laughs> all those things I love to do. Anyway... Now that like the rash is cleared up, like the other day, like one of the first times in a while, I went for a walk in the morning and just listened to my audiobook. It was kind of early. So here in Las Vegas, when it's summer, like the morning times are real pleasant, you know, it's 80 mm-hmm. degrees, real nice. And I was so happy, so like almost blissed out and joyful because of the ability to just walk in my neighborhood. <laughs> and after a while, I stopped listening to the audiobook. I just walked. And was present and admired the trees and the flowers, just like uh, like the Zen master sort of. Yeah. I felt like, and I was like, "This is it. This is this is what the quote unquote abundance I've been chasing, and it's always been available to me. I could have gone out for a walk at any point during my journey, but I did not appreciate that walk nearly as much as I did the other day. And that's mm-hmm. when I'm realizing, like, for for me, it's just about being present 
there's happiness and abundance in just being present. Because yeah. then you can look around, and a lot of times we have so much abundance, but we just don't we don't always see it because we're focusing on what we want. Yeah. So anyway, you want to balance what Patty said, which I totally agree with. We still go for stuff. We still have goals, many goals. Um, but I, I proceed towards them in a way more balanced and maybe even slower way where I can truly stop and dig into the rhythm of the moment and enjoy the ride. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just thinking um, yesterday when I picked up the kids from school, because our kids are back in school now. Um, well, the older two anyway. The youngest one doesn't go to school yet. But um, I was, I got out of the car and there was this big bush with flowers on it. And there was a bee that was uh, like, pollen, you know, getting pollen from all the flowers and stuff. And I was just watching him like do his work. And I was like, oh. So I had a little moment of that yesterday. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. We have this new assistant for us and he wears off on us. He's like an awesome meditator. And he told me one time, he just goes to the Red Rock Mountains almost every day and sits there for hours doing nothing. And I was blown away that he could just do that and, and not be restless and bored like I thought I would be. Yeah, but he, he's like... But I've been doing yeah. that kind of stuff. I've been, list, I've been driving now lately without the radio on. I've been like, when I go into waiting rooms now, I just sit there. I don't bring my phone. I just sit. And, and uh, I walk sometimes without listening to music. Or the audiobook, rather. And anyway, I've gotten better at like being present, and it's like it's so. That's amazing. good. We're going off way yeah. on a tangent, but I know what, I'm very we were, excited. The about podcast that. was actually talking about money, but yeah. now we're talking about being present. But well, um, it's somewhat related. It's well, it is. It's all connected. Everything is connected anyway. But um, but yeah, I I maybe I should do that more. It's been helping you know? me a lot. Like I, I've been surprised at how how quick it was for me to be able to detach from the addiction to constant stimulation. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. I was addicted to just stuff going on in my, in my, and always. So I'd go to the, I'd go to like crowd therapy sometimes and if there was a waiting line, I'd, I'd read the magazine sort of quickly or I'd be on my phone and, yeah. and it's like, well, gosh, that's such an exhausting need to maintain. Yeah. I, I noticed like when I go to the gym, some most of the time I don't like to pick up my phone and just like log my workout but I, I'll notice if I'm like checking my email or doing something like that I'm like ugh, I don't want to be doing that so I try not to like be on my phone a lot yeah hence why my Facebook is like <laughs> is random I'm not, yeah. I'm not consistent yeah, you're not as bad as I used to be I used to be horrible with like my cell phone and stuff yeah um anyways where we're going off into it. Maybe we'll do a whole episode about that because that's been a real big change for me. What, yeah. what I'm discussing now. I <clears throat> yeah, really, for sure. I didn't think I'd be able to detach from like my phone and my work and my online presence um, in the way I have as quickly as I have. But I feel like a new person. I feel free. I just feel so much happier. Um, Maybe we could get Forrest on here one time talking about like yeah, we'll have to make stuff. him come on here. Yeah, yeah. He's, he might be a little shy. Because he's, he's an interesting he's, guy. He's he a really, is. really nice kid. And he like went and traveled with a monk. With monks, with plural. Monks, he plural. lived with, with monks. Yes. He's traveled with them. And he, yeah, and he's yeah. so... He's, he's got a very awesome background with meditation. Like He's a yeah. real... He'll be an amazing teacher. Soon. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we're, we're way off track now. Like, we, we gotta go. They're like, where are we going? We're gonna talk no, about like aliens listening. any second just now, Just keep listening. Just <laughs> keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> I feel like we're like Dory yeah. from Finding Nemo. That's like, a good, that's oh. a good powerful uh, 
scene of the movie, but we're going to, we're going to end this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, my friends, we're just totally rambling now. Um, I, if you're still listening, thank you. You must really like us. Yes. Thank you <laughs> to for put listening up with our, to our nonsense our jumbled rambling. talk. Anyways, my friends, you all rock. Thank you so much. Hopefully this podcast is able to help you in some way. Um, and, uh, we'll see you next week. Have an amazing day. I have a phenomenal week. Yes. Namaste. Namaste.